I'm Ricky. And I'm Joe. And this is Season 4, Episode 10 of the Beer and Broadband Podcast. It's slated to come out on July 22nd, 2021. And uh, we're going to talk about one of our favorite places in Durham, North Carolina. It's called Honey Girl Meadery. And um, they have a drink. We went there. It's pretty awesome. Um, but it is a 6% ABV mead that is a blueberry mead hito. So it's supposed to be kind of like a mojito with blueberry mm-hmm. and stuff like that. And I've been on a bit of a blueberry kick with another thing that I made uh, that we're going to talk about in another episode like later on. I'm, I'm still kind of working on that. But uh, it's sparkling, fruity, sweet, mojito-inspired session mead made with wildflower honey, fresh NC blueberries, lime juice, zest, and local mint. Uh, and I've got a link down in the show notes so that you guys can go check it out. I don't know if you can order them online, but at least you can check it out. And if you're in the in the North Carolina area in Durham, you should go by Honey Girl Meadery and try some of their meads. They're really good. Oh yeah. But let's uh let's let's see what your take is on it. No, it's wonderful. I've I've not had a mead from them that I wouldn't buy again. You know, they're they're really in my mind what the perfect like small batch meadery is. Mm-hmm. Because I've had, like, meads from other places. I'll buy them from, like, wine shops. We've gotten some at restaurants. And they always nail in trying to be this, like, high ABV wine replacement. They're always very thick. They're very sweet. They're trying to be, like, dessert wines. Whereas most of them, Honey Girl, a little bit lower ABV. Not sure what this is. It only tastes like 6.8. Yep. So, you know, right in that range that it becomes more akin to, like, these, like, pre-mixed drinks you can buy that they sell or, you know, spritzers and stuff like that. Delicious. Really good blueberry flavor. We've talked before, I think, about how hard certain berries can be to really get that flavor in there. And blueberry is one of those. Yep. So, you know, I love blueberry. I got a blueberry wine a couple weeks ago that just wasn't very good. Didn't have much blueberry flavor to it. But this one really comes out. I got to hand it to them. They, They do a really good job, especially hitting those flavor profiles of, like, you know, I think they only do one, like, traditional just a mead. Everything else is flavored or spiced or something like that. And they always rock it. Mm. And I think that's, like, what people want. You're going to be at a commercial level. Just honey isn't going to do it for most people. At least certainly not in the you sell enough bottles that can be your whole business. They have a couple that I'm not as um, excited about as far as, like, um, their, their wines. So, so they, 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 there's nothing that I hate. Mm. Uh, there are some things that I'm like, mm, this is a little bit more watery or a little bit more thin. Uh, it, it, I would have liked it if you would have gotten the spice to come out a little bit more. But overall, I mean, they're successful because their stuff's good. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And this this is one of those things as a carbonated beverage that I look at and I'm like, mm, man, I only wish that I could get this good. And I've got something that I made, not to clone this, I was making it before. Mm-hmm. But it's so close to this, but it's not. It's a blueberry mead. It's a session mead, mm. but it, and it's like a little bit more alcoholic. But it's um, it just uh, we'll 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 come back to it at some other time. It, it's something something I've been working on, um, but I didn't do it in response to this. Um, basically, is is, is yeah, what yeah. it comes down to. So um, I, I'm I'm pleasantly surprised with this, and I think anyone that comes to the North Carolina area should definitely. Yeah try this if they're in the area yeah i I don't know how far they ship out but when i was looking at them online they do ship 
So you guys might have a chance. Check it yeah, out. Yeah, you should check it out. The link to their website will be in the in the show notes. So I wanted to talk about our upcoming plan brews. And I think that mm-hmm. we should have an uh, a maybe accidental brewer, beer and broadband kind of crossover. Mm-hmm. Um, we've been talking a lot about brews lately, just like talking about it, not really talking about technology. Um, so w- maybe maybe like uh, next half we'll talk about technology a little bit more. But I've, j- I've been in this kick where I really, really, really am enjoying uh, brewing. Uh, and I've been doing small batches, right? Um, mm-hmm. But... I think we should choose something off of a list of things that I've got here and see which see maybe one or two of them that we could make in the upcoming gotcha. uh, thing or like in the month where we're off mm-hmm. and then and then come back at the end of at the end of the the session because it'd be about three months and we could talk about what we did yeah, how yeah. it looked up you know and stuff like that um, so what do you think about making a so here here's the list fruit okay. beer. Viking blood, like a Viking blood clone, mm-hmm. um, chocolate strawberry wine, pumpkin mead, or cherry cider. And I've made some combination mm-hmm. of all of these before, mm-hmm. and they've either turned out really okay or really not wonderful. Gotcha. So so what, what do you think? I mean, considering the timing of when we'll really be recording again, that pumpkin one sounds really attractive. Oh, yeah. And we've talked about before uh, when we did all those like pumpkin beers – that, you know, a lot of places go almost purely for, like, the pumpkin spice. Uh, I would challenge us to say, can we get something that's got the pumpkin flavor and the spice flavor? So it tastes more akin to, like, an actual pumpkin dish, like mm-hmm. a pumpkin pie, as opposed to a pumpkin spice latte. You know, that sort of thing. Did you have any of the pumpkin mead that I made last time? I think so. I, I certainly don't remember too much about it, but I know you made one. So I still have a bottle that's sitting around. Just okay. waiting for the year mark, mm-hmm. and at that year mark, we'll try it. So maybe we'll we'll be able to compare both. Oh yeah, the new that'd one be and fun. The old one. Yeah, yeah. Um, so what? So a pumpkin mead that that'll take us like an afternoon. Mm-hmm. Um, what do you think about maybe a chocolate strawberry wine to have it ready for fe- yeah, for I, February? I think that's worth a shot. Uh, I have not had great tr- uh, like a great track record with making chocolate flavored things we've tried it once or twice but i actually do have something that might um, work really well i I bought alice for valentine's day what was essentially um like a chocolate package it had a whole bunch of like chocolate bars in it Mm -hmm. and like a little chocolate scented body rub and a whole bunch of little things like that one of the things it had was chocolate tea which, what it is, is it's like the roasted cocoa bean pulse. Yep, the cocoa nibs. Yeah. Well, not not the nibs. Like, this is just like the shells. Okay. And, but when you make it, it does taste like chocolate. So, that could be like a great addition to get some of those flavors. That that would be. And we could do it in secondary. So, yeah, mm-hmm. we should we should do that. I, I, think, um, I think that there's a couple of uh, beer brewing techniques that we could also use yep. to do that. So, I, I, I'm down to, to try that. I think that'd be a, an amazing... Um, thing to to work out yeah because it'll be fun yeah it is a challenge like i feel like a cherry cider we're gonna make a good cherry cider right like we've done things close enough to that i was like even if it wasn't perfect it would never be bad there was no like we tried and failed like it's not something that would be that hard for us to do right but i feel like a really good pumpkin something and then like a chocolate strawberry something that actually you can taste 
the chocolate and the strawberry, that's like a challenge. That's a fun yeah. that you sit down, you work on your recipe for several hours trying to figure out ah, what's there. You know, you actually start like testing your ingredients. Like we're not going to go throw just those coca holes in. We'll get a couple different things that can maybe make ourselves out of chocolate and make them separately in like little containers. Like brew you some of that tea. How do you like the flavor of this tea? You know, that sort of stuff. Yeah, I kind of thought that you would say, oh, let's do the Viking blood thing because we haven't done a cherry mead in a while. And this, it's a little bit more like you, mm. you put some other stuff in it to make it a Viking blood. But um, I kind of thought that you'd say do a Viking blood. I do want to do a Viking blood like soon. Yeah, we can um, certainly try it. But, well, I, I think we need to choose two, though, out yeah. of the list. I, I think for the podcast, those two work the best. Yeah. Because they present that, like, logistical challenge. How are you going to get some of these flavors to melt? What's your ingredients going to be? I feel like for a Viking blood, the it's all there. Yeah. Like, you can play with ratios. That's one of those problems I think you solve by just making the whole bunch a couple times. It's like, well, I used a whole tablespoon last time. Maybe I use a half a tablespoon this time as you try and match it up. But there's no mystery there. Mm-hmm. There's no we're going to sit here and have an hour-long conversation of how do we get this more chocolatey. Well, maybe. But, yeah, that's that's probably true. It's a, it's a, so th- we're going to do a chocolate strawberry wine and a pumpkin mead. And um, we'll see what you – and then we'll do a – I've got a chocolate strawberry wine that I made. Okay. Um, and I've got a pumpkin mead, and I'll just save those until um, – we get to the end of the yeah yeah so the one thing i can say about the chocolate strawberry wine because of the way that i made it i have no idea what the abv is it's gotcha. high but mm-hmm. i don't know it's yeah, like not quite there yeah, yeah. It, well it's, it's like 15 or 16 percent probably but i mixed in all sorts of stuff and fermented it mm-hmm. and i have no idea what it ended up being because i didn't I couldn't figure out how because I'd add liquid to it yeah i couldn't figure out how to we can probably make an approximation based on the legs yeah, probably. Because that's all just ethanol. Yeah. And it's the only form, it's either like 11% or 10%, something like that. And we can compare against some stuff we do know what yeah. the ABV is. So um, let's talk about using erythritol in brews. Mm-hmm. And I just covered my mouth again because I <laughs> historically cover my mouth whenever I'm doing stuff. Now, okay, uh, pause for a second. Here's the real question. We got a little different setup now where you've got like headphones on, you're listening to it. Did you hear it happen? Yes, that's that how, how I knew I did. I, I, yep. I like touching my face. I normally don't like, mm-hmm. you know, this is just a subconscious thing. And sometimes I'll scratch my nose and I don't think about it. But every time I cover my mouth, it sounds like I'm, I've got like a like something muffling me. Yeah, so that's how I knew it. I was like, I yep. covered my mouth. That's crazy. <laughs> what are you doing, Joe? You know, so. Um, yeah, so using erythritol and brews. Um, you've had... You had two brews that I've made, mm-hmm. one that you liked that I used erythritol in, yep. and one that you didn't. So what, yeah, what is your it, take on that? It wasn't the erythritol of why I didn't like the other one. So like here, here's my thing with it. You can definitely taste the difference. You can tell when it's using uh, more traditional sugar and when it's using erythritol. And I prefer like the other sweeteners more. But it's not like it's got a bad flavor. Uh, it just tastes like a little bit lighter. And the health benefits for the people that need it is huge. Yeah. So, like, you really can't argue against it. If you're making a brew for, like, yourself, maybe you've got blood sugar issues or somebody else in your family or just any – if you plan to serve it to somebody that you think might have to say, oh, I'm not sure if I want all that sugar in me right now, use it. I mean, it's not that huge a difference in flavor. And, you know, it really helps the people that need it. Well, so also from a technical standpoint – 
I haven't dialed it in yet where I get it like right. But once you know where it is in a recipe, um, it really doesn't taste different than sugar if you've got other adjuncts in there. So like if it's just the erythritol that you're counting on mm. to do it, uh, yes, it, f- whether it's honey or malt or whatever, it's going to taste different than those things. But if it's erythritol plus cinnamon or erythritol plus this berry flavor or something like that that's already in there or like another adjunct, you know, like a methaglin mm-hmm. where you got it spiced and you added some erythritol to bring out some of those flavors, it actually acts almost exactly like sugar. I'd have to test that because the, the difference for me is not necessarily the flavor. Like when I mean lighter, I mean like it feels different on my tongue. Like it's more like this texture body sort of situation. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't think you can hide up as much. But it's it's still it's not like it's a negative thing. No. it's not like a lot of other, you know, sugar alternatives like stevia and stuff like that. That you know they say oh it's it tastes just like sugar, but it doesn't. It's no. sweet. Yeah, and that's fine if you need a little sweetness in something. But you know, I've done tons of stuff, uh, not necessarily brewing, but like just other things in my life because my mother is very diabetic with sugar substitutes, and you can almost always taste a difference. But this one is not like the chemically that a lot of the no, other ones are. It's not. It was like a natural. Get, it's a natural sweetener. Yeah. Well, right? even the other natural ones, yeah. like stevia, is natural. But it's still it. Uh, it if it's not really like mixed in with a bunch of other things, mm-hmm. that's like the secret to stevia of like how to make it taste just like sugar. You still put some sugar in. Like yeah, you, you just have to use put a little it bit. to bring the other things just up. Tiny but, amount versus a lot. Yeah, but you know, even when you taste it like that, there's this uh, a harshness to it that really sticks out. Um, not so much with like the erythritol. So I think in terms of you got, you're going to back sweeten with something that's not actually sugar. You're getting that chemical sweetness and not like sugar sweetness. I think that's the way to go. Yeah, I, I, I agree. Uh, the other thing is it instantly makes it easier to back sweeten and naturally carbonate. It does. Yeah. Because you don't have to worry about any of this over carb, anything like that. Yep. You just run it dry and at whatever carb you want. And then you just add this on top and then yep. have to ferment. Yeah, exactly. So I suggest people, like, play with it. I'm, I'm thinking about um, doing some stuff where I do some dry beers mm-hmm. and then use erythritol to like bring it up yeah. bring it yeah. up, and see and see what, what that could do. That might be a way to really uh, make some nice beers without um, having to worry about the extra sugar content oh, yeah. that's left yeah. over. Um, so that's pretty much our episode. Try erythritol. It's kind of amazing. I didn't know it was like worth trying, but it, it is. Um, so thanks for listening. This is season four, episode 10 of the beer and broadband podcast. Love to have you guys, uh, check out our Patreon our Twitter and you know, our other social links. We still use, have the ting link down there. So, you know, mm-hmm. about be that. sure to be sure to use that. Uh, cause I, as much as I like my, uh, other cellular plans, Ting is still a better cell provider for the most part when it comes to customer service. And if you have good uh, good connectivity in your area with them, mm-hmm. it's a good place to use them. Uh, otherwise, thanks for thanks for listening, and we'll catch you next time.